The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Monday edition of Leach Report Tournament Week for the Cats. The SEC Tournament will start on Thursday. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio, and we'll hear today from Jimmy Dykes from the SEC Network and ESPN, Daryl Bird from the Cats Paws, and Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald Leader. Wildcat news of the day starts with a big win for the Big Blue, 92-64 to over South Carolina. And so it creates some hope. It was really everything that you would have wanted to see given the circumstances for Kentucky. We were talking a little bit about this with Mike DeCourcy on, on Friday, how some years the what you do in your last game has had no correlation at all to the postseason. Uh, the Kentucky team in 2014, uh, the UConn team that beat them that year. And um, so, you know, there's not necessarily a correlation. Nevertheless, it just felt like Kentucky would – if they had lost to South Carolina, you'd think, okay, these guys have kind of let go of the rope, to use Cal's phrase. Well, this showed you that they are still having fun playing together, and they are not ready for it to end. So that's exactly what you wanted to see. They shot the ball well, uh, rebounded well, which was something they hadn't done in a while. So they uh, dominated the boards. They had 13 of 26 threes. And there's one stat that has a greater correlation to victory for this group than probably any other, I think, that I could find. When they make more threes than the opponent, they are 6-1. and one. And the one loss was a game in which they made 14 against Arkansas. and But Arkansas made 11, but the point was they only lost by one point. So they were within a, a two points, within two points of being 7-0 and oh when they simply make more threes than the opponent. So... Uh, Shooting the ball well, making a bunch of threes. That was good to see. Six each for Davian Mintz and B.J. Boston. And, <laughs> excuse me, first time since 93 that Kentucky had two players make six or more threes in a game. Travis Ford and Jamal Mashburn did it in a 93 game for Kentucky. Uh, Mintz started at the point and had his second 20-point game of the season. He had to stretch. We had those five threes in about a four-minute stretch. It wasn't quite uh, Tayshawn Prince where he made five in a row, but it was was close. And, uh, you know, for as few people as were in the building, if given these times, you obviously know we're close to 20,000, it got a little loud. And he was uh, ran down after he hit the fifth one, and there was a timeout called. He runs down to the other end of the court where there were fans uh, that could – we're standing and cheering, and he was sticking this jersey out, had his thumbs under his jersey, sticking out the Kentucky name on the front, and just a really uh, cool moment, and part of just a feel-good day for Kentucky. So, again, it was just what, if you're a Kentucky fan, you wanted to see to create some hope for this week. So Kentucky plays Mississippi State at noon on Thursday, noon Eastern time. Last two times that these two played in the SEC tournament, the game went to overtime. 2010 and 2007 
and the, they split the games. And then, of course, they played double overtime earlier this season. So given the history, might be longer than 40 minutes to advance. And if Kentucky advances, they get number one Alabama on Friday. So we'll talk about all of that today with our guests. A couple of other notes. UK softball rolls to 19-0 and after defeating Coastal Carolina and Florida Atlantic yesterday. They've got a big series with number five Florida coming up this weekend. Baseball lost to Ball State yesterday, four to three. So Kentucky falls to seven and two on the season. And NBA.com is out with a ranking of the top ten rookies at the All Star break. And number three on the list, Emmanuel Quickly of the New York Knicks. Quick break. When we come back, Jimmy Dykes joins the program. Daryl Burr, Ben Roberts, a little later. The Leach Report served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Joining us on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline is Jimmy Dykes. You see him regularly covering the Cats on the SEC Network and ESPN. He had the Tennessee-Florida game yesterday. But uh, let's start with uh, what you saw from Kentucky on Saturday and uh, you've seen them many times, so what do you make of, of where they are heading into the SCC tournament? Yeah, Tom, you couldn't have scripted it any better for John Calipari to finish off your last game and, and how you played and how they shot the ball and decide, you know, South Carolina's, you know, they're not the strongest team in the SEC, but that was that was more about what Kentucky did yesterday. And For Mintz and Boston to shoot the ball like they did, uh, they just got a lot of minutes from everybody that were just some, just a lot of good basketball. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're trying to gain momentum and trying to find some confidence in your team before you head to Nashville, you couldn't have done it any better than Kentucky did. So they have some hope now. You know, it's right there in front of them. It's been, I think, probably since 1952, I believe, when I Kentucky right. had to win four in a row to win the SEC tournament. And we'll see if they can make, make history again. So I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say that Kentucky's going to win the SEC tournament, but I'm darn sure not going to say that they're not either. Because as up and down as that league has been, uh, I, I, it, it sets up to be a, a wild, wild four or five days in Nashville. What do you think about uh, Cal starting Mints at the point and how that might affect them moving forward? Yeah, Tom, I, I liked it. I, I've liked him all year long. I just. I think he's their best all-around guard uh, on both ends of the floor. He's not a point guard, but I think he's tough enough and, and sound enough to get the job done for him. And it just, to me, as a coach, analyst of the game, when your point guard is a shooting threat like, like he is, it just it opens up the entire offense just a little bit more. And that's what Mintz can do. We saw it yesterday. And he's got the, the courage and the toughness and the, nastiness about him that you want as an offensive player to to get it done so i think he's uh i, I think he's going to get continue to get more and more minutes at that point guard spot and bring askew in off the bench and you know he's going to roll with the guys that help him win right now that's that, that's what it's all about right now whoever can help you win that's who get the heavy minutes and i think Mintz will be that at the point kentucky gets a, a rematch with the mississippi state team that they Last saw uh, right at the start of January, a game that went double overtime. Dante Allen had his big night in that uh, win for Kentucky. Um, how do you see the rematch playing out? Well, Mississippi State's a, a big physical team, and Iverson Molinar, 
Stewart, those guys can, can both get 20 on you if you don't really guard them. And that's, that's kind of a danger, that team. They, you know, they're just, they're, their size inside is a concern. Uh, at do, uh, that's, that's just a, when I watch them play, I just think, man, they, if they are defending at a, at a, with a physical level without fouling, they can make life tough on you. And then anytime you have two guys like Mississippi State has and Molinar and Stewart, like I mentioned, that can just go get their own, like they literally can just get the ball in isolation and probably create their offense about as well as anybody in the SEC. So, Kentucky should have some confidence from the first time they played them. Kentucky's playing, I think, much, much better, you know, they just, uh, and, but now in March, it's at the, at the right time, Tom, can you get hot? Can you stay healthy? And how hungry are you? You know, a lot, a lot of teams are ready, uh, they're ready to check it in right now. I don't sense that at all about Kentucky. Even when they've struggled this year, I've seen them fight day after day after day. And that, that should give some confidence to Big Blue Nation. Talking with Jimmy Dykes from ESPN and the SEC Network, and uh, how the uh, the book do? And I'm sure folks can still find it, right? Yeah, it's been it's about it's been about a year now since the the publisher got it out, um, and it's done really well. It continues to sell off of our website, CoachJimmyDykes.com, and it's starting to make its way now to a lot of men's study groups, accountability groups. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback from, from those kind of people all across the country that have dived into it with a group of six or eight or ten other guys to just uh, kind of use it as a workbook to work through. Uh, but it's uh, I appreciate you bringing it up. All those books ordered off that website, CoachJimmyDikes.com, I personally sign, send notes to, and I've sent a lot of them to the state of Kentucky, by the way. So I appreciate the folks there in, in the bluegrass state uh, reaching out for that book. Film doesn't lie, right? Yeah, the film doesn't lie, yeah. So... Uh, and it's done, and the, and the film's not going to lie. Uh, all next week in Nashville, the, 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 whoever's playing the best is going to win that tournament. And you know the odds are, you know, Alabama, Arkansas. You know, I don't know where you go from there. Maybe LSU. We know how powerful they are offensively, but you just take it one game at a time. I think Cal's been so good and descriptive in terms of how you approach a tournament. You you're trying to win one game four days in a row. You're not trying to win four in a row. It's just you're, can you win one game and do that four times? And I, 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 he is tremendous, as we know, at this time of the year in conference tournaments. He's a, he has won as many as we probably have in college basketball, he and Mark Few. So uh, I, I know Kentucky's going to be at their best, and we'll see if that's good enough to get them you know, all the way to that championship game on Sunday and see what happens from there if they can get there. As Cal has said many times, this, uh, these are uncharted waters for him, certainly here at Kentucky. Um was it primarily, you think, the, the pandemic being so new with these unusual circumstances and uh, all the, the things that were related to that, lack of practice time and lack of games, et cetera, uh, was it something to do with more with roster construction? or what, What's your take on what you saw unfold this season? Yeah, and the Big Blue Nation will say, oh, my gosh, you just spent four minutes on it in a, in a game last week talking about what happened with Kentucky. But I think it's a combination of a lot of things. To keep it simple, I would say that they that Kentucky got caught this year without that guard that can just break you down and go make a play, and like Cal has had throughout his career back at Memphis with Derrick Rose, Tyreek Evans, and there at Kentucky with the John Wall, Shane Gilgis, Alexander, just keep on going down the list. I don't think they have that type of guard. I'm not saying they don't have good guards. I'm saying they don't have that guy that could just, at the end of the ball game, go make a play, draw that, drive that basketball, 
and make something good happen. Uh, I think that's I think that's one of the, one of the big areas because John Calipari. When I think of him, I think of that position. Uh, when I think of Mark Few, I think of a, a, a highly skilled team offensively at all five spots. When I think of Roy Williams, I think of a monster on offensive rebounding team. And when you don't have that key piece, you can have a you can have a tough year. So I, I don't think Cal will get caught again uh, with that. So a little bit of the roster, just how it looked this year, blending people during a pandemic, all the time that they miss in the summer and the fall, which is crucial to Cal every year because of how he's building that roster. So it's just a, a combination of things. But that being said, Calipari has a lot of confidence in himself, as he should, that his teams always play, always play their best this time of the year, and, and we'll see if they can do it the next four days in Nashville. I think you said last week in the Ole Miss uh, broadcast you could see seven or, or eight new guys. Now they've got three guys in the recruiting class, and then Oscar Sheboy transferred in, so they're they're already halfway uh-huh. to eight uh, new yeah. faces. Yeah. Um, how could you? Who would you see as the the best candidates that that could or should come back? Well, you hope all of them come back. You know, you hope you hope all those guys come into Cal's office whenever the end of the season is, and, and they have that Emmanuel quickly. Coach, I, I, I I'm I'm only listening to you. I'm going to work my tail off, and I'm going to become a better player in my second year, third year, whatever it is, that like P.J. Washington has done. You know, I, I, I think that Boston could use another year. I think Askew could use another year. I think Clark could use another year. But you don't know. I mean, if, if, if they're going to be a first-round draft pick and somebody's going to roll the dice and take them on, on, their, on their giant potential that they have, it's going to be hard not to do that. But, you know, like you said, they're, they're, they got a four-man class as of today. And I just think... Calipari's always been out in front of it in recruiting. I just I would be surprised, and this is just my opinion. I'd be surprised if there's not two or three more added before fall rolls around next year. Because with all those grad transfers, if the one-time transfer thing goes through, this is going to be a hot market this year for a ton of transfers. And I just I, I think there could be some more spots on that roster. Uh, than maybe what people realize right now. And it's the the breakdown guy off the bounce that uh, would be the top priority for you. I, I think it would be. I know they have a highly rated point guard coming in. I, maybe and maybe he's that type of player. But you know, if there's a grad transfer out there, like uh, let's go to Louisville, Carlick Jones. Who's the next Carlick Jones next year? That that's going to come up from a, a low major to a mid major. That is that kind of guy that could just in ball screens. He's tremendous he can get inside the defense he can he can drive the ball throw the log plays to the bigs off the at the opposite block like we've always seen at kentucky and haven't seen this year you know if, if that guy's out there kentucky probably create a space for him in some way or fashion because that's what they like jimmy thank you much for the time okay i look forward to seeing you in nashville it's jimmy dykes and again the books at coach jimmydykes.com it's the leach report radio network we're served up by wild eggs of lexington we'll be right back It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. 26 past the top of the hour. It is the Leach Report for a Monday. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline to welcome in Daryl Bird from Catspaws.com. Daryl, Jimmy Dykes just referenced Kentucky winning four games in four days to win the SEC tournament one time in 1952. Um, right. 
they nearly did it in 79. They, they, in the fourth game, on the fourth day, they lost in overtime to Tennessee in the finals. But I'm back, I'm just looking at this bracket in 52. It's odd the way they set this thing up. The top four seeds, Kentucky was the one seed. There were 12 teams in the league, so the top four seeds got to play the four worst teams. So seeds five, six, seven, and eight got buys. Wow, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so Kentucky beat Georgia Tech, the 12 seed, then beat 8 seed Tulane, 5 seed Tennessee, and 3 seed LSU to uh, win the championship. The other interesting note, you know, it's tournament week. We're full of interesting nuggets of information. The SEC ended its tournament in 1952 with Kentucky winning four games in four days to claim the title. They brought the tournament back in 1979, and Kentucky nearly won four games in four days to win the title. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I like the 79 because there for a while late in the season, uh, some fans are starting to point to that 79. They yeah. won, they played four games in four days, lost in overtime, and still didn't get into the field. And granted, it was a smaller field then. So there was a lot of people, you know, UCAT fans scrambling to get into the tournament any way possible. If the team kept winning, could they just make it to Sunday? And even if they lost, might they still get one of the very last bids into the tournament just by making it to Sunday. But now it seems pretty clear you have to win on on Sunday as well. Yeah, if they had uh, – Or you're not getting in. If they had beaten uh, Ole Miss in Florida, I think they would have had a case, and that's why they were trying to to add another game if they had uh, beaten the Gators. But all that uh, is water under the bridge. So we we look at – What's going to be an interesting week in Nashville? Uh, you know, there's not going to be the, be the blue wave that descends on Music City, but if Kentucky's still around there on Sunday afternoon for the championship, that's going to be one hot ticket. Yes, it is. You better believe it. It's going to be a. I can't wait to see it because what is it? Twenty percent inside the arena, masks everywhere, and I got a feeling Broadway's going to be a zoo because the mask mandates are gone. Tennessee has always been. Uh, much more lax in, in that stuff than Kentucky has been. I've talked to people you know, going to restaurants across the state line, and it's amazing the difference in, in how it's approached. It's going to be interesting, very interesting to see how it plays out down there this week. Yeah, I mean, and what's going on outside the arena at night. Yeah, will there be a bunch of the Kentucky fans just uh, you know hanging out in those establishments that you know, have the open air Possibly. seating and everything, kind of mm-hmm. fronting right there Possibly. on Broadway? We'll talk more about it with Daryl Burton. We come right back. Ben Roberts also coming up in the second half of the Leach Report. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. From the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio, it's the second half of the Leach Report for this Monday. Daryl Burton's with us from catspaws.com. A uh, friend of mine uh, tweeted in. Daryl, when I posted the list of guests for today on Twitter, uh, he asked which one of those people are going to be breaking down the Harry and Meghan interview. You want to take a swing at that? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, you would you would have a hard time finding anyone who cared less about that subject than me. That's well, then we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, just talking to a buddy of mine over the weekend after the game, and he said, you know, for Kentucky, this is now – uh, March Madness starts this week instead of next sure week. Sure it is. And he's right yeah. because, you know, you have to win these four this week. And as Cal said, you don't look at it as winning four. You just try to win them one game at a time. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a lot like, 
if you think about it, the 2014 setup in that you got the 8-9 game. If you win that, you're going to take on the number one seed. If you can uh, knock off the big dog, then all of a sudden, you know, it, it, it gets a lot easier to believe as it did for that team. Now, that was stretched over two weeks, but you can put Davion Mintz in the Aaron Harrison role, maybe. Um, That's right. And, you know, uh, maybe maybe uh, Lance Ware or Dante Allen to play the role of Marcus Lee at some point along the way. Could be. You never know. Yeah, I've been. I've had a, so long. I guess you have, too. So many U.K. fans throughout the season, especially later in the year, you know, so disappointed how it's played out and really bummed out. And I'm like, we have – to me, you have two choices. You treat the SEC tournament like it is your March Madness, just like you said, or you just give up on basketball and you're done with the sport until next November. You really want to do that, or you just want to dive in? To me, you just dive in Nashville, just like you said. I, to, to me, it's it's the Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, and Championship rolled into four days. Have yep. a party. Exactly. That's, that's the only way you can treat it. The, the alternative is to just say, well, I'm done, and you know, go outside and start getting ready to mow the yard. You know, if if this team, given everything, everything that uh, this fan base and this team has gone through, if they go down and and rip off four wins in a row, which would include you know taking down Alabama, then mm-hmm. in that moment, it'll feel like a Final Four run. Now, obviously, it's you know it's that, sure. anything you celebrate to that level, but it'll it would be quite a feeling just to to get to the the NCAA tournament given the circumstances. Yeah. And most years, the SEC tournament championship is the big prize you look back on after the season's over. I mean, they yeah. go into it, fans go into it hoping they're going to win the title, but it's happened once, and you look back at it, and well, okay, it was Elite Eight, that's good. Well, you won the SEC tournament again, so it's always, you know, that's the trophy you bring home most years anyway. So you might as well look at it in reverse to me. Now, but I guarantee the- you, if they, if they knock off Alabama, I 65 is going to get a little really crowded. Yeah, I think you're right. I was just asking Shannon that during the break. I said, how many people you think will roll into Music City if Kentucky is still playing on Saturday? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Absolutely. that's a good point. Uh, and th- th- what I said earlier was that what we saw play out Saturday in Rupp Arena was everything you needed to just some ho- generate some hope. And at this point, given the way this season has gone, uh, that's what I was hoping for Saturday for the for the fans in particular. That just the game would play out in a way that it would give people some hope for this week because it's just a, such a fun time of year. This week and next week. Normally we'd have the the state tournaments going on. They're going to be a little later, but it is such a fun time of year to be a college basketball fan during championship week yep. and then the start of the NCAA tournament. And uh, yep. you know, it's a good chance Kentucky may not be a part of the, the next one. So, um, you know. Now you've got some hope for this week, given what we saw on Saturday. Yeah, you do. It's it's the best time of year, Sue. That's why I keep saying you, you've got to enjoy what you have, because the alternative is is nothing. I mean, you didn't even have the thing last year because of COVID. Good point. You cling on to what you have this year. And I'm really, really hopeful. I mean, March Madness was the first thing COVID knocked out. I'm really hoping this one, with all of its alterations, is the last major sporting event this Stupid virus takes advantage of. We get back to normal very quickly. But we yeah, saw it. What I find interesting that South Carolina win you're talking about shows how weird this whole season has been. What if that game had not been canceled by COVID and they had beat South Carolina by thirty and ripped off four wins to start the SEC? How much? How different might this be? 
right now. We don't know. It's, it's just that's how bizarre everything is. I liked what one of our listeners, uh, John, tweeted in after the game. He compared it to uh, the Bobby Ewing deal with Dallas where he left the, sh- the show for a season and they wrote him back mm-hmm. in is just stepping out of the shower and that whole season yep. that fans of the show watched really didn't happen. And uh, John's tweet was like, Kentucky bookended the season with blowout wins over Moorhead and South Carolina. Everything else was just a dream. They're 2-0. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Um, I did talk to Cal about, he said, well, you know, after Saturday we're 0-0 zero and zero and about how hard is that mentality in in you know in reality how hard is it to convince yourself it's a brand new slate and no matter how bad the season went here's your new chance and I think Saturday may have given them the the mental boost they need to to actually approach it as if they are as good as anybody down there. What'd you think of uh, Davion Mintz uh, starting at the point? Yeah, I like it. Um, not so much that Davion is Damian is. He's a good point guard, but he it takes so much of the the heat off Devin Askew because he's just he's just not ready to handle all of that at this stage of of his career. And to put him in a lesser role is I think it does him and the entire team so much more so much better to to go that route. And I think the team has more confidence in in Damian and Dagon, and he's got the experience. And you're going to roll into I mean the pressure you're getting ready to amp up, so you better. You know, leave the ball in his hands, I think. And you know, one thing Cal mentioned after the Ole Miss game, when he played Mintz for an extended period at, in that role, that he worried that it could impact Mintz's offense. And um, it certainly, that was not the case on Saturday. That was uh, <laughs> cool. that was a fun moment when he got in that uh, run of five threes. It was, and... The thing that, that jumped out at me immediately, of course, everybody's comparing it to Tayshaun Prince. It wasn't, to me, that just that he hit five in a row. It was the look on his face before he took that fifth one because it's the same look Tayshaun had coming down. He's like, Give me the ball. Give me the ball. <laughs> Give me the, just, I'm doing it. I'm going to launch this. And it was the exact same expression on, on the face, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. I loved his interview after the game where he said Cal was saying easy, easy. And basically, Davion's response was, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> no, no. I'm shooting. It's funny, I, could, I know there's a lot of discussion on him coming back. I put it on Twitter after that that if Davion, if he thinks that was cool, come back and do that when the building's full. Yeah. And that was one of the coolest moments ever when Tayshawn hit that fifth one. And I thought the roof was going to come off the place. Yeah. <laughs> Been, uh, what was in there was as loud as they could be. But, I was going to say, there have been far too few moments in our last year um, where it's felt normal, and it wasn't any, but at least to, where he got to run down and play to the fans, small in yeah. number though they were, that were down in that yep. uh, one end zone, where he just you know, skipped down the court, sticking the Kentucky mm-hmm. of his jersey out as those fans just ate it up. Was uh, um, That kind of moments, those moments have been few and uh too far and few between for oh, yeah. this team. Yes, they have. Yeah, it's, for people who haven't been at Rupp, it's been a really tough atmosphere. And granted, you know, chicken and egg, is it the team playing poorly that, that makes the atmosphere so bad or atmosphere is bad so the team doesn't doesn't have much to respond to as they're trying to come back? You know, a lot of these comebacks would have been much more successful if you had 20,000 people cheering you on. It's just it was so hard. such a weird year. And, and 
you know, see, you see what we got. It's, it's been bizarre all the way around. Daryl, appreciate you jumping on with us. Enjoy the basketball this week, and uh, hopefully we'll have a reason to keep talking about this team next week. All right, man. You take care. You too. That's Daryl Bird. You can read him and his team at catspaws.com and uh, get signed up for all of their coverage as we roll into tournament week and spring football practice a little later this month. Ben Roberts from the Herald Leader will join us when we come right back. It is the Leach Report, and we're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline, and we bring on Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald Leader, KentuckySports.com, and among other things, he runs the Next Cats recruiting page there. So we'll get to a little high school basketball. There were uh, some big games here in Lexington over the weekend. But we want to start with Kentucky basketball and uh, what you saw on Saturday um, and really maybe down the stretch here in the last two or three weeks. Uh, what level of optimism would you suggest would be appropriate for Kentucky fans for this team to uh, lift up that trophy in Nashville on Sunday? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure any level of optimism. Just giving the, the, you know, obviously they have to win four games in a row, and they haven't done it all season, and they're going to have to beat. One would think uh, three pretty good to really good teams to do that. Um, so I, you know, Calipari said it over and over. A lot of people said it over and over. This is a team that could beat any one of those SEC teams on any given night. Um, I would not be surprised at all if they beat Alabama on Friday. Wouldn't be surprised if they lost to Mississippi State on Thursday. I just it's. It's just so difficult, even with how they played Saturday um, and, you know, how, how they seem to be coming together more toward the end of the season. Uh, it's difficult to see them winning four in a row. Um, obviously, they, they can do it, but I, I just, I'm not, I don't see it happening. Davian Mint started at the point on Saturday, and uh, there was an interesting angle to this that uh, you'll, you'll, I think, appreciate my train of thought here and then i'll get your thoughts on this um i've always said that cal is uh, like a, a a bob baffert or uh you know wayne lucas of the older days or doug o'neill these uh trainers that uh, really point for the kentucky derby and so they only get one shot with each horse and cal kind of gets one shot with each team because there's so much turnover and you got to get them to peak at the at the right time and he's also i think a little like baffert in that he'll uh play a hunch uh, you'll see Baffert do that uh, with uh, with his horses, and you know, uh, just see how the horse is training and, and enter him in a much bolder spot than he than he thought about. All that's a lead up to say that um, with Cal, we tape under these circumstances. Uh, we tape the pregame show after their shoot arounds on uh, game days um, because I don't get to uh, do those interviews at at the shoot around like we would normally do. So tape those well they didn't have a shoot around for this game because it started so early so we actually uh, taped the pregame uh, the night before and at that point it, this played out on, on the radio on saturday where he i said what do you think of with your lineup and, and your rotation because he had talked about playing men's more and he said i think we're going to go with the same five we've been going with but i do want to you know take a look at davion at the point well then by the time they they the game rolls around. He starts Davian at the point, so he kind of, you know, changed his thinking there at some point in those last twelve hours, and uh, it certainly worked well on Saturday. What do you think about it as we go into the tournament? Yeah, it's, it's you know it's hard not to think about um, that 
team with the Harrison Twins and Julius Randle and, and the quote-unquote tweak uh, with him playing Andrew a little bit differently at this exact stage in the season, at the very end going into the SEC tournament. And obviously, they made a run and almost won it against a tremendous Florida team there. Uh, so, you know, I, it's also hard not to look at it as, you know, what other options do you have? Uh, you know, Devin's obviously, I think, he's got a bright future, but he's not working out as the starting point guard on this team. You got to do something, and this is what he did, and it's worked out great. Um, and the number that really jumps out to me with Davion is 15 assists to, to uh, I think, three turnovers yeah. over the last two games, and Good eight point. won the game before Saturday, which really jumped off the page then. So, you know, he's the veteran; he knows how to manage it. Um, and I, obviously, I, I think going into the tournament, it's the it's the best situation for Kentucky to be in with him on the ball, and it takes so much pressure off Evan. Who's not, you know, he's what nobody was expecting him to play 36 minutes a game this season as the primary point guard. So it's the best situation. Obviously, that Harrison Randall team, they could lose in the tournament and still make the NCAA tournament and regroup and make a run there. And this team can't. And it's just so much pressure and not winning four games all season. It's, it's just going to be, it's going to be tough. But I, I think they've at least found the rotation. Talk with Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald Leader at KentuckySports.com. It was a big weekend for high school basketball, uh, centralized here in Lexington with, uh, four teams coming into Lexington Catholic for, uh, a kind of almost a round robin on Friday and Saturday. And the, the big buildup was the Lexington Catholic North Laurel game, sophomore star Reed Shepherd of North Laurel. And, uh, it turned out that, uh, yeah, Ashland and Dunbar kind of spoiled the party with wins on Friday night over North Laurel and Catholic, respectively. And Ashland, uh, all of a sudden starting to look, I guess, like the team from last season. Yeah. I mean, they go out, they were, they were just bombing threes. And, uh, obviously, you know, if the, if the Sweet 16, if they had been able to play that last year, it would have been really interesting to see how they would have matched up with like a Louisville Mel and, and, um, some of the other teams in that bracket. But they certainly were, were seen as one of the favorites, and yeah, it seems like they're kind of rounding back into form as we uh, as we get closer to that stage in this season. Um, it, yeah, it, it certainly took a little of the air out of the room for the you know those of us who were there kind of thought we were at least Friday morning thought the next day it would be maybe one of the one of the great high school basketball games or most anticipated in the last few years of Kentucky, and and uh, that that kind of died away pretty quick. But it was still. It was great to be out there. It was still very interesting to watch. Um, but yeah, not, not quite, uh, didn't quite live up to the buildup that, that we thought it would. Ben Johnson had a big game to bolster his Mr. Basketball candidacy for Catholic and when they beat North Laurel on the televised game on Saturday. But, uh, just give me a quick thought on, on Reed Shepard's game from watching him twice in person. Yeah, it's hard. I think people who watch him have to just have to keep in mind that he's a sophomore. There's so much hype around him already. Um, but he is a sophomore in high school. He's going to make mistakes. Uh, some things that jumped out to me in person were I really liked I really liked his hands on defense. He has really quick hands and he has really good instincts. I thought as far as when to go for the ball, whether it be a steal or a block, um, he's he obviously was trying to do. I wouldn't say too much because I think he knew he had to do as much as he possibly could Saturday, which led to some some turnovers, led to some mistakes, some unforced errors. Um, it was just you know he's going up. I would guess against the best defense um the best defensive plan he's seen all season it clearly frustrated them they got down early he's got a he's got a bright bright future ahead of him um but 
you know, I, it, we've got a long way to go too. So I think everybody who's, who's watching this unfold, we all kind of have to pump the brakes a little and, and just always keep in mind that he's a sophomore in high school and and he's got a lot, he's got a lot of growing to do. Yeah, well said. Um, you know, let let the young man breathe a little bit. Uh, if uh, if if Reed Shepard at Kentucky is going to happen, it doesn't matter when the scholarship offer comes. Uh, you know, it'll it'll happen if it's right for both sides. Uh, so just let him let him breathe and uh, yeah. and uh, let's see uh, let's see how this develops. But uh, obviously, he uh, knows how to play the game. Uh, ben, thank you very much for joining us. Yep, thanks a lot, Tom. As Ben Roberts, you can read him at the Next Cats page and more at Lexington Herald Leader, KentuckySports.com. We'll wrap up this edition of the Leach Report in a bit. The Rave On app presents our UK history note for today. And a buddy of mine used to work with over in uh, Mount Sterling many years ago. Uh, Left me a message on the voicemail with uh, this reminder that today is the anniversary of the last game that was played in Memorial Coliseum, well, or what we thought at the time was going to be the last uh, meaningful game played there. Uh, there was uh, a couple of NI, were a couple of NIT games played later, but Kentucky uh, beats uh, Mississippi State 94-93, and I've heard Oscar Combs say it was like the ghosts of Kentucky basketball came up through the floor and refused to let Kentucky lose that game. Jack Givens had 26 nine and five assists and it was a game kentucky really had to have to get a bid to the nit which they would ultimately win so that was uh, on this day in 1976 congrats to coach preston spradlin and the moorhead state eagles and winning the ovc title so they'll be in the big dance we'll see you tomorrow on the leach report leach report make sure you check out the podcast page at tomleachky.com whenever you miss a show and be sure to follow the leach report facebook page If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on The Leach Report.